Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to Michelin Pilot Challenge qualifying coming up in round about 10 minutes' time. From now, two sessions of 15 minutes. Good to have your company if you are joining us here at the track or further afield. Uh, we have, as ever, the GS, well, actually, not as ever, TCR and GS back together again. In the beautiful evening sunshine here. Give you the full weather weather rundown as well as it uh, as we get closer to the drop of the green flag. Robin Liddell being very impressive in the early running. Let's see if that Camaro can capture pole position. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. John Heinoff and Jeremy Shaw in the booth for this one. It's live on IMSA Radio. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Well, we could not have better weather. It is uh, 73 Fahrenheit in the air. That's in the Celsius numbers. For those of you uh, who are outside of the US, is a pleasant 23 Celsius. Track temperature just over 30 after a bit of sunshine this afternoon. And after an ex- the excitement of Super Saturday, we come to the final session of the day, which will be for Michelin Pilot Challenge. Their third time out on the circuit here, and it's qualifying. Let's take a few minutes as we have them just to sort of recap for those of you perhaps coming us to us for the first time what's been going on in the early sessions. Uh, we have uh, had both of the... Uh, free practice sessions already today Jeremy so the track evolving as the cars from the pilot challenge have been out there uh, let's uh, pick up the story of the weekend in GS well it certainly seems as though Robert Liddell's got a point to prove uh, last time with last time here with the Camaro telling us about next year's plans for GT4 and a tour in the water of GT3 for Rebel Rock Racing and there's life in the old dog yet and I don't mean Robin, we knew that already but in the Camaro showed a tidy turn of speed in the free practice sessions uh, earlier on with uh, a new, albeit a new set of Michelin tyres but my goodness, gapped the field by three quarters of a second absolutely outstanding that was a stunning effort, wasn't it, uh, by uh, Robin Liddell in the uh, the first practice session 
uh, of the day. And uh, the second one, I'm trying to find the, uh, I'm trying to find the um, things because they're not printed out anywhere. And I can't, can't get them. Here we go. Practice session two. It was. Uh, it's not working either. God. Um, yeah, we've had two. I can't remember who was quickest in the second session, to be perfectly honest. Well, it wasn't Robin Liddell again. It was, wasn't the BMW. It was, what BMW. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but he was right. He was right there uh, at the time. Shea Adam is down in the pit lane enjoying the early evening uh, weather at the moment. Hello. Uh, couple, hello. Uh, a couple of uh, free practice sessions that probably gave us more questions than answers, I would have said. In TCR, <laughs> uh, we had different cars at the top and vastly different performances uh, throughout the 14-car field uh, in those two sessions as well for TCR. Yeah, and a very good reminder from the Alpha team. They've won this race the last two years, but of course it's been a four-hour contest for the last two years. Now it's reverted back to the two, so it will most likely not be Tim Lewis Jr. qualifying the number five Alpha for a second consecutive pull. That duty would go back to Roy Block, one would assume. As far as the other fast cars in TCR, well, Chris Miller, Minnesota native, was very, very quick in the first practice session. And Minnesota is just a very short hop, skip, and a jump away. So we could be seeing that Unitronic JDC Audi going for its second pole position because, as we heard earlier on, Matt Pombo is now the closer. He's not going to be qualifying the car today because of a driver lineup shakeup that they've had. He is paired with Dr. Will Talley in the blue Honda, that one being the 73, and the 37 is now Ryan Eversley and Mike Lamara. Did I get that the wrong way around? <laughs> uh, Numbers? No, I think you were right. Okay, the red one is still Eversley. The blue one is That's, Pombo. That is much, much better. <laughs> what have you taken from what we've seen in the GT4, the GS category we mentioned robin's stunning lap on new tires right at the end which uh sent declan who does all their pr having to change his story and his graphics and everything <laughs> else because it literally came after the drop of the checkered flag um what do you make of what else has happened in the gs category uh, it's a lot more important for a good finish than a good start for the Camaro, so I would be very surprised to see anyone but Frank DePew qualifying that car. Robin is the guy to take it to the checkered flag, and he's done that very successfully here at Road America before. We had drama for Team TGM. Uh, car number 46 ran very well through the second practice session after a bit of a stop-start first session, but the 64, Owen Trinkler, had a failure that resulted in him plowing off the road and unfortunately damaging the entire right side of the car. That Aston Martin, well, not that Aston Martin, but the 64 Aston Martin, a new one, rolled off the truck, has rolled onto the pit lane. So we do have that car back. That is a big story and one we need to keep on top of. But BMW, we talked about it. It's been their show so far. Can we see a pole position from Rob McGinnis, who will be qualifying the number 95 Turner Motorsport BMW? It's possible. So that is a big story. So a repl- as far as we're aware, Shea, we heard Owen uh, Trinkler saying to us that they, they had uh, a full spare car decaled up and ready to go. So they've made their case to IMSA. They've been given dispensation to run that car in 
qualifying. We're not yet at the race. We haven't qualified, so we haven't set the grid. So I, I kind of understand that. It will have had to have gone through scrutineering, through, so through tech again, and they've had dispensation to run that car, correct? It has no marks on it, so this is a new car. And I do see an Owen Trinkler in a fire suit ready to go for qualifying. So that is a change of their normal thing. But it could be that Owen qualifies the car, gets a good read on it, effectively this being a shakedown for that 64 chassis. Yeah. And then they just decide to move to the back of the grid and start Ted Giovannis anyway. Could be. Yeah, that would Could make be. sense. Uh, I, I think that's really sensible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much experience on that T- Team TGM uh, pit wall. Joe Vardy, who's a huge amount of success himself at this level of, uh, of driving uh, and levels above this over the years. And uh, yeah, there's not many people who know more about the sport than Joe Vardy. And uh, so I think that would be a really good call to have. Uh, I mean, if, if Ted was to qualify the car, he would be towards the back in any case. So uh, get, get Owen out there, find out how the car is performing. If it's performing, you're not allowed to touch the car in, in practice. So, in qualifying, I should say. So, well, but he's, if he's going to give that position, in any case, he could, could come in and make a change and go back out Correct. again. I guess. Correct. Uh, he's still got the, going to get treat, the same penalty. Treated as, treat as a test session. Treat as a test See, session. that was quite funny. That because I saw that the uh, shore wheels of brain yes. turning there, even <laughs> as you were, yeah. hang on a minute. Yeah. So uh, that might well be the same sort of thought process, though, Jeremy. That has has happened in the TGM sure. truck. You know, all right, let's go and ask him, sir, if we can run this car. Basically, you're running these as hardship laps to yeah. be able to get the car to yeah. a safe position where it can go out tomorrow. There's no uh, warm-up for Michelin Pilot Challenge tomorrow. They go straight into the race yeah. tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. So it, it makes sense to me that that would be allowed and... Uh, and that TGM may well use this as a test session. Yeah, 22 hours time. I mean, 3 o'clock or just before 3 o'clock is a green flag uh, for the race tomorrow. That's the next time the cars uh, will be on track. So uh, you learn as much about that car as you possibly can. And you're talking about Robert McGuinness there. It was he who was fastest in the second session this afternoon in that number uh, 95 tournament swap BMW. Robert's still looking for his pole position in this uh, in this series, but he's, 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 he's shown good pace in several races. Uh, and the, you know, the, the, what's the, no, it's Cameron Lawrence who's on pole in Detroit. The car has been on, on pole this season, but that was Cameron Lawrence. Um, and, uh, you know, he showed really good pace this morning, this afternoon, did uh, Robert McGuinness. Uh, but that time from Robin Liddell set in the first session of the day, substantially quicker than anybody else. It turned to 214.169, did uh, Robin, in that Rebel Rock uh, Chevrolet Camaro. That is miles underneath the old lap record, which was a, a 216.0, so almost two seconds inside the old lap record. Uh, that, that was the fastest session of the day, kind of ideal conditions earlier on this morning, and the fastest time in the second session uh, by Robert McGuinness was a little bit slower, but it was still uh, 2.14.6, I think it was. So, uh, you know, good pace there. Second fastest uh, this afternoon in the second session was Scott Andrews in the Lone Star Racing Mercedes car number 27, but it will be Anton Diaz Pereira who will do the, pull the qualifying duties there when we get down to GS. But first of all, we've got the TCR contenders out for their 15 minutes of qualifying. And Shea Adam has the qualifying drivers. Well, just one, because one, well, <laughs> two, two caught my attention. We've got aboard the championship leader, the number 98, it is Mason Felipe, but aboard the number one, 
It's Michael Lewis. And much like we consider Matt Pombo to be the qualifying expert, Michael Lewis is the closer. This is the second consecutive race that he has qualified the number one BHA Alondra. So I'm intrigued at that decision. Well, it's, you know, it's that time of the season where you've got to start thinking perhaps about doing slightly different things if you're going to get different results, isn't it? Keep doing the same thing, keep getting the same results, do something different from your competitors, maybe, just maybe there's an opportunity to come up with something slightly different. Cars out on the circuit, Jeremy. It's been a sort of disappointing season so far for the two-time defending champions in this championship, Taylor, Taylor Hagler and Michael Lewis. I mean, they languish in seventh position in the points table, a long, long way behind leaders their best results so far this year has been a fifth uh, which is not what they've been used to over the last couple of years and Michael Lewis himself of course he was also the champion back in 2019 so he's a three-time champion he knows how to get it how to get it done uh, as you say he qualified the car last time out at Lime Rock in on the bull ring of a track but also doing doing the same thing here so we'll see whether that pays off for him they, they finished uh, last time out uh, with that strategy, they finished in, in seventh position at the end. Uh, but uh, but um, Taylor Hagler, was, she was doing some good laps at the end of that race, which was very hard on tyres, was the race at Lime Rock Park. And it I'm was. wondering whether... Uh, we've heard several drivers this weekend say that the you know, tyre the, the wear can be a bit of an issue. And I'm wondering whether they're, they're perhaps planning on, on a, on a two-stop strategy for that number one car. Uh, Taylor Hagler to, to do the, the middle stint, which has to be a minimum of 40 minutes is the minimum drive time, I think, isn't it, in this championship. So she can do the 40 minutes in the middle and then Michael Lewis uh, finish off the race as well. I mean, it, normally you would expect the TCRs to make one stop during the race. But if tyre wear is a significant issue, it might be worth thinking about making two. I kind of like that thinking, Jeremy. Particularly if, if, you know, if, if there's full course cautions at certain points of the race, which, of course, you cannot predict. No. You, you've got to assume we're going to go full green. Um, but what is the easiest strategy to modify? That's the question. Beautiful evening sunshine here. Welcome along if you are just joining us. 89, uh, 87.9 around the circuits. RS2 around the world. Live and free. Exclusive content from... The IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge at Rhoda Murray. It's qualifying, and the cars are out on the circuit. All 14 of them. Time to beat, Jeremy, would you say? We had some decent times earlier on. We did indeed. Uh, see some very fast times uh, early on. The, the, the lap record for TCR is a 2 minutes 19.7. 712, which was actually set back in 2019 by Shelby Blackstock and Honda Civic. Last year's pole position was by Tim Lewis Jr. in the Alpha 219.722, so just fractionally slower. But we saw some uh, significantly faster times in the uh, in the practice sessions. And uh, this afternoon, uh, Tim Lewis uh, went out in that car turned a 217.3, uh, which uh, which was two and a half. 217.3, so yeah, 2.4 seconds underneath the old lap record. That was car, car number five, but it is, I believe, Roy Block who is qualifying that car now. Uh, Roy Block, Roy isn't, isn't as experienced or quite as quick as 
Tim, so I don't expect him to be challenging for the pole position. But with the, the, the ace qualifier of this season so far, Matt Pombo not taking qualifying duties in this race, that's going to de- leave the door wide open. Mm-hmm. Don't expect quick time straight away, bringing the Michelin, pi- uh, Michelin tyres here up to temperature and pressure. We've had a couple of... This is the end of the second lap, so maybe we can start to see uh, some lap times next time around. 220.606 for Mike Lamara in the number 37. The red, white and black car going down to turn one now. Coming up the hill is the number 17, Chris Miller. That car ran out of fuel earlier on. And the blue and white Hyundai coming through behind it. And Shea has an answer from Brian Herter. The number one is not in championship contention at this point in the season. So they are focusing instead on developing Taylor Hagler's skills in other ways, i.e. teaching her how to be the finishing driver. Very okay. interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'll buy that. Absolutely. I had a long chat with Taylor at the Nürburgring earlier on this year when there was a contingent that went over from the stitch. She absolutely loves it. Absolutely. Who wouldn't? Uh, did the licence earlier on in the season and then went to do the 24 hours. Uh, that is it's a life goal, isn't it, for a driver, really? Well, for some, not all. No, a couple of drivers who wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot barge pole. Uh, Le Mans champions, Le Mans winners and world endurance champion in particular never wanted to race there which I I respect that as well, honestly if, if it's not what you want to do then you shouldn't be forced to do it never did So yeah, that was a race I, I always wanted to do 24 yeah. I'm not sure I would like to do the 24 now because the GT cars, the GT3 cars are so quick, but one of the Races, one of the four or six hour races later in the year when the uh, the works teams have mostly disappeared. Yeah. That would be definitely on my bucket list. Got close to doing my permit a few years ago with Aston Martin, but uh, life got in the way. Still like to go and do that. You can't just turn up with the Nürburgring and drive, even if you have got a. Actually, if you had an F1 super license, you couldn't. You've still got to go and get what's called the ring permit which can be removed at any time. To race there, but you can uh, pay your money and to go uh, do some laps, can't you? What is, is it still 30 quid or something? Uh, 30 it, pounds or something? It used to, it, when I first started going there, it was about um, 30 euros, yeah. 33 euros for three laps. Now it's about 35 euros per lap. However, it's still the best 35 euros that you can ever ever spend, particularly if you're in somebody else's cars or on someone else's <laughs> tyres. Um, however, it's probably... I've been told by a lot of drivers who've raced there, it's actually more stressful on the tourist laps, the tourist foreign, as they're called, than it is racing. Because um, no matter how well you think you're doing, there's always somebody who's going to be going quicker than you and someone who's not taking as much care. So it really is eyes on stalk stuff. So Michael Lewis still sitting at the back of the grid at the moment and I'm not seeing him losing time he's, and as he, does, as he says that as I say that he goes through and takes the top position in the number one car so 
we said don't expect to see fast times early on the Michelin tyres front and back being brought up to temperature and therefore pressure very uh, very gingerly second for the 98 Mason Felipe then Chris Miller so it's Hyundai Hyundai Audi Hyundai Hyundai Honda Honda Audi Alpha sitting down in 11th at the moment, four seconds away, but that may well change. Oh, big slide. A lot of work going into the wheel of uh, Brian Ortiz, who is in fifth position for the blue and white van der Stur racing Elantras. Harry Gottsacker makes it a Hyundai 123. Yeah. But, uh, Michael Lewis there making a statement over uh, 2 minutes 17.296. That, that is the fastest time of the day. Just, just. The cars have only been on track day, two practice sessions earlier on, uh, and you're know, comfortably inside the old qualifying lap record of 219.7, uh, two and a half by, by the tune of two and a half seconds. So, really good laps there for a big slide again from uh, uh, Brian Ortiz. He's, he's grabbing everything, grabbing that car by the, by the horns, isn't he? He was purple in sector one. Uh, personal best in sector two. He just oh, finished he's that second. Backing sector. it in like yeah. it was a Motor GP bike. He's not at Silverstone for Motor GP this weekend. He's flicking the car in to get the car to rotate in the corner. A, a moment of opposite lock where he's steering the car to the left when he wants to turn right and then turning the car, the front wheels to the direction he wants to go and hitting the throttle to pull the car straight that's a glorious display of driving now normally that wouldn't get the lap time out the car it's his best it's a 218-1 but he's still a second away down towards turn one let's see how spectacular he is down there on the brakes the nose dives in he's a little tidier this time yeah I think he's uh, he's kind of learned his lesson I think he overstepped the mark a little bit down at uh those last few corners cost him a bit of time on that on that lap for Brian Ortiz, but tell you what, it was a spectacular effort. It's a replay of number ninety-eight car that is uh, Mason Filippi running way way wide at the exit of turn six, and it cost him a lot of time as well. Purple sector second sector for Harry Gottsacker as uh, Mason Filippi comes across the line. Yeah, that that cost him a couple of tenths of a second. Michael Lewis in the pits, Jeremy, mm. with four minutes to go that rather suggests to me that he feels his with his 217-2 feels that that will be good enough or at least Gonsaka. at least he believes ooh, ooh, ooh. it's going to be good enough and by, he's wrong <laughs> by 0. 0.047 of a second what a great lap from Harry Gottsack a purple in the middle sector that's the longest sector on this track a full 83 seconds for him two tenths quicker than Michael Lewis so he uh, had the upper hand there Michael was a little bit quicker in sector three than was Harry but uh, that, that was a really really good one for uh, for Harry Gottsacker in that number 33 car uh, he is uh, currently second in the championship but, but only 10 points behind his teammate that's Mason Philippi uh, and Mark Wilkins who are driving the number 98 car that's currently in third place Three minutes to go. <laughs> Brian Ortiz flicking the Van der Stur racing Hyundai Elantra through the right-hander of Canada corner. Sorry, I, I, I'm grinning from ear to ear the way he's driving that car, cocking up the inside rear wheel. 
Saving a bit of tyre, <laughs> saving a bit of tyre deg there because he's mostly three wheels on his wagon when he's turning the car is, in. This is a better lap, I think, for Brian Ortiz. He doesn't need much. Uh, he's, no, he's about nine lot, tenths down. Yeah, a lot tidier. He's going to move him up for sure. Oh, he's found half a second, Jeremy. Yeah. He's up onto the second row inside a row two. So this um, enthusiastic driving style is netting some performance from him. Yeah, I think he throttled back a little bit that last time, but a little bit more under control, uh, not sliding the car sideways and scrubby off speed. I think he did on previous laps, so it's a good effort there by Brian Ortiz. On, uh, listen to the engine of Eric Rockwell for Rockwell Autosport Developments. Just dropping down the hill to turn three. Down th through two gears, turning early. Wait for the grip in the middle of the corner. No, he's not on a fast lap. He's turned to the right-hand side of the track to allow someone else through, I think. Which means, I don't think he can get a lap in now. He's going to have to hustle. What was that about? Because nobody went past him and Who there was, was nobody behind him. Well, that number 15 car, he's got the number 70 in front of him of Sally McNulty. Maybe he's just giving himself a little bit of a gap. He's down at turn five now with a minute and 23 to go. He may not get another lap here. Up to turn six. Clunk of the gearbox as he changes down. Got Sacker into the pits, by the way. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the sequential gearbox Audis, which is why you hear the crunch of the gears, because it is using straight-cut gears down. It doesn't sound great, does it? Didn't quite get his braking right for turns eight either. Now he's catching Sally, who gives him... Uh, no, actually, nice. that is a slowing... Um, Brian Ortiz, yeah. yeah. Chris Miller's on a better lap though now. He's uh, personal best in sectors uh, one and two. So on the final sector of lap now, last couple of corners for Chris Miller. Currently standing in fourth position, kind of seventeen. That's when the Hondas just went across the line, and uh, there's the other Honda, number seventy-three car going across. And there goes Chris Miller and does improve. Gets himself up to third place in the car number 17 ahead ah. of Brian Ortiz. Tell you what, good job also about Christian Pericarpi, who's making his Michelin Pilot Challenge debut this weekend in a number 99 car. That's the Victor Gonzalez Racing Team entry, which is usually a Honda. Now, however, it's a Hyundai. He, he, Victor uh, has uh, he's had all sorts of problems with the, with the Honda this season. He's elected to, to get one of the... Uh, the Elantras from the Brian Hodos Autosport, which is the UK, US dealer for Hyundai. Uh, and uh, with, with, uh, with, with Whitmer wanting to remain loyal to Honda, yeah. he didn't take up the offer that Victor Gonzalez gave him. So Victor cast around. He's become good buddies with this youngster, uh, Christian Pericarpi, over the last several years who's been uh, sort of hanging around the sport with his dad, Lewis, who runs the mini team, the mini GACWs, you might remember, had a lot of success. Christian's been driving those for the last couple of years, and he's given Christian the opportunity to do this race, and he's qualified, it would appear, in a seventh position, as Christian kept Paragapi in, 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 in a car that, that neither driver, neither he nor Vito Gonzalez, had driven prior to this morning. I don't think anybody else on the track is going to improve, actually. Dr. Will Tally. He's still out there, and yet to take the chequered flag. Roy Block for KMW Motorsports with TMR and the Alpha Romeo. He's in the carousel at the moment. It's his uh, split times looking like. He 
didn't look to be pushing it through the exit of turn five, if I'm honest. And the body language of the Alpha is difficult to read. Now he's not on the limits. Nowhere near the edges of the curbs. Who else is still out there? Christian's still out there. Uh, and so is Chris Miller, actually. Now, Chris Miller... Yeah, but you slow down, I think. All right, OK, because he did he did his best lap last time around, as described by Jeremy, which took him up to third. Check the flag is waving. Well, Mike Lamara went through and improved. Seventh position for him. No improvement for Dr. Will Talley in his position, but he did take some more time uh, off his lap time. Wow, he only missed out by just on a tenth of a second from moving forward. Uh, a position. He's waiting for Roy to come to the check if flag does so and moves up and moves up a row as well. And he moves up onto the outside of row five. He was on row six. So just Christian Parocarpi uh, to come to the line who has not yet seen the check and flag. No, I think he'd be coming into the pits. His, his middle sector was slow. Chris Miller so has come into the pits, by the way. So he goes. wasn't on a quick okay. one. You're right. Cool. So this will be the uh, the seventh pole position for Harry Gottsacker, but his first since WorldTech well, Raceway Laguna Seca last year. Um, so uh, he'll be. Uh, that was a really good effort, mate. Boy, super close between those two teammates, number thirty-three and number one car. Just uh, four hundredths of a second between the two of them. A new lap record then for Harry Gottsacker from uh, New Braunfels in Texas. 2 minutes 17.249 let's head down to Shea Adam who is luxuriating at the end of the pit lane in the beautiful evening sunshine waiting for a Brian Herder Autosport Elantra uh, not just a one the number 33 <laughs> the Harry Godsacker one the Paul City one and Harry pulls up dutifully alongside Shea and is that Rick Dole who's standing next to you, Shea? It to is. Your right. I thought it was. Say hello to Mr. Dole, the official series photographer. John says hello. He wanted me to let you know. Oh, you. <laughs> he says thank you. Uh, Harry, congratulations. Seventh pole position in this series. Possibly the most important one as well because you and, and Robert Wiggins very much involved in this championship battle. You're ahead of the people that you're chasing in points. That's the critical bit, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you know, it's been a tight battle uh, points-wise all season at the 98 car. Uh yeah, just thrilled that we're up here this, uh, today, you know. Uh, our Elantra and TCR was really fast in the practices and stuff this morning. Uh, glad we put a lap together right then at the end and qualifying. Did they tell you how close it was to Michael Lewis? Uh, not quite how close, but uh, I learned it shortly after we got on pit lane. And, uh, yeah, great job by everyone on the team, Michael Mason. We all killed it today and uh, looking forward to tomorrow. It's a bit of a weird schedule tomorrow because it's a later race. So how does that mentally affect your preparation trying to get ready for another consecutive late race? Yeah, you know, uh, I sleep in a little bit, get a late breakfast, maybe do a workout or something in the morning. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't phase me too much. Do you think it's going to be a tire race or a fuel race tomorrow? Uh, you know, it, things change, especially with the conditions. I know the forecast for, for tomorrow has changed quite a bit already just today. Uh, but, yeah, it could be either or. I think uh, both are going to be uh, key to the strategy in the race. Congrats on another well-earned poll. Thank you very much. Interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting. Very interesting. And uh, the first poll for Hyundai this season. This is the uh, seventh round of the championship. Uh, we've had uh, five races on the pole position for Honda and one for Audi. Uh, and now it's the GS car's turn. Where's your money, Jeremy? 
Where's my money here? Oh, crikey. I, I think probably one of the BMWs, um, the, the Turner Motorsport BMW of Robert McGuinness, certainly I think is going to be up uh, right towards the front. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'll tell you what, the Dark Horse could be. It, it would be... Uh, oh, he's not qualifying the car. I was going to say number 14 car, Diego Azar. But he, yeah, his, yeah. Name, his name was on the list there, but it's been changed to Marco Galanti, who's a former rally driver. And I don't think there's an awful lot of... Uh, experience so he's not quite as quick as Diego uh, but um, yeah I think Shea has just said don't count out Gallagher which I think is yeah. not a bad shout yeah. uh, Jensen Altman has got better with his qualifying uh, something that he knew he had to improve on it might be towards the front um, who else might be? It, I'm not sh- I'm still really not sure what manufacturer, if any, has a, an advantage here, to be honest? Front-engine cars have traditionally done well here. We haven't seen the Porsches really at the sharp end this weekend, which might rule out, re, um, rule out Eric Filgueras and Sean McAllister. Yeah, they were a little bit closer, certainly, though, in, in, in practice. They got a little bit of a wake break coming into this weekend on the bounce performance, a little bit of weight taken off the Porsches. And uh, we know how fast Eric is, so that's that's uh, not a bad yeah. call at all. I think. I think. Um, I think if they've got that car in the window, as they say, there's half a half a chance there. Again, don't get too excited early on. Give it a couple or possibly even three laps before we start to see these cars really challenging lap records. Yeah, and, and several drivers told me during the day that it, it, it's. It does take longer than you would have expected, perhaps, to get these tyres up to into their proper optimal working window in terms of temperatures and pressures. Um, you know, normally a lap or two, and then then then, then you're on it. Some a couple of, more than one or two drivers have told me it takes a little bit longer than that on this new track surface here. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. We saw certainly in, a, in the GTP cars, not really relevant to these, admittedly, but we saw. Uh, in that series, some drivers doing five or six laps, I think. Sebastian Bourdais had had to do at least four or five before... Well, he was he, in and out of the pits that many times with well, scrubbing in tyres, wasn't too. he? That was the other thing. That's true, too. But even, even once he was out there, it took him quite a long while to work his way into contention for the front-running grid slots, which you know, he was able to do and, and had done in, in each of the two pr- practice sessions as well. So, interesting stuff. But Team TGM going out there in convoy well that's good to see both of those cars out the replacement 64 and yet to see how that plays out okay so this is how it's going to work we want you to go out and give the car a shakedown and we might call you back in and uh, make a few changes that'll nullify your times how about how about this for a scenario? Owen says, "No, the car's absolutely great. I'm going for some laps and starts putting some decent lap times in." Which I actually think is probably more likely. Yes, actually. me too. If, <laughs> if if that car has come off the truck with a decent setup and he feels he Which can do will. a lap, uh, there's somebody who might might just go for it. Actually, might just go for it. The speed in that car, there really is. And they are coming out of the carousel. Down towards the kink now, following the number 72, one of the 
Marillo Racing Cars. Yeah, the championship leader. Indeed. So, with the blue on the hood. Yeah, it'll be Kenny Marillo qualifying that car again uh, today, as he usually does. Just one pole position so far this season for Kenny. He's had three in total. And uh, as a championship leader, he would love nothing better to put this car right at the front of the field to get ready for the race. He comes into this weekend, as I say, with the uh, the championship lead. But, uh, and it's, yeah, they've got 170 points in hand over Robbie Foley and Vin Barletta. And it'll be Vin Barletta who qualifies number 96 tournament as well at BMW today. But that is the only team this year to score two victories. Yeah. Out of the six races we've had Red so flag. far. Red flag. Red flag. And this is a turn 11 Ooh, incident shoot. for the number 27, Anton Diaz Pereira, in the Lone Star Racing Mercedes. And that's not going to be a small one. It's not. It's at the kink. There's damage to the left-hand side of the number 27 blue car. And I tell you, what, ooh, I tell you what, you know, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. The whole load of dirt being thrown onto the track. Has he done an Alan Brunios? Oh. Who this morning spun there. I think he's just did, clipped he? the wall on the driver's side, has he? You know he hasn't, Jeremy. He didn't on the, on the, on the left-hand side of the race, right? Never in the world. Break, break, break! Oh, oh I could have got that. He was in the middle of the road. And if he'd stamped on the brakes... Well, he was good. Well, he was on the brakes, but not enough. Yeah. Needed to jump on the brakes. He would have got away with that. Yeah, so some damage to the back of that corner, particularly the left rear corner. But it's um, drivable. It, not nearly as bad as it might have been. I don't think he would get out back back out for qualifying for sure. But uh, the it could have been off. a lot worse than that. If he jumped on the brakes and reversed yeah. the steering, the front end would have come around yeah. in a front engine car. That yeah, sort of a reverse handbrake turn. Um, not the easiest thing to do in the moment. <laughs> no. You have to have spun a lot of cars. And look, he, he's, he's a vascular <laughs> surgeon before he's ah, a racing driver. Let's, yes. Oh, well, so far, you'd expect him to have good hands, though, wouldn't there you? you? Go. Good steady hands, possibly yeah. not quite as fast as they needed to yeah, be. Well, they were, they were mighty fast to keep it off the wall. Well, the that, that is true. Rate. Yeah, that is true. It, it becomes, uh, if you've spun a lot of cars or been punted around... It becomes second nature sometimes to do that reverse flick and get yourself pointing in the right direction. Or you're just a rubbish driver. Better at recovery than, than saving it. And that was a good save. That, that could have been, as Jeremy said, much, much worse. The clock continues to run. So coming out... Oh, he was way off. Just too much speed through the kick. Yeah. Or actually, too much speed or wrong line or both. Because he... That was, I think he just maybe turned in a tad too early. Well, yeah, and yeah, all the drivers are telling me that uh, you have to turn a little bit earlier than you had done in the past here uh, because uh, the groove through that corner is pretty narrow and, and a lot of drivers have told me it feels really sketchy. I mean, it's always sketchy through the kink in any case. And that's not, that's not a kink, it's a corner. Oh, it's a sake. proper corner, yes. Um, uh, it's just a very, very fast corner uh, and it requires total commitment but uh, a lot of drivers told me that the, the car doesn't give the same sort of feel to the driver as it, as it has done there on the old track surface. That's something a lot of drivers are having to get used to. And unfortunately, it's bitten several drivers this weekend. So Anton is far from the first uh, and he's got away relatively lightly. There's uh, a fair bit of damage to that left rear corner for sure. But uh, it's, 
it's, that'll be, that'll, that should be fixed with uh, no problems in time for tomorrow's race. And uh, you talked about uh, Owen Trinkler you know, <laughs> going for it. Well, it's, he is one of only three drivers who set a representative lap time. Throw the so check. he is quickest <laughs> of the GS cars. Now, whatever happens here in terms of lap times, we go great again. The GS cars would start ahead of the TCRs even if their qualifying lap times weren't as quick. Yeah. It will be the GS cars, all of the GS cars, yeah, that so. start. And remember, there is no minimum green flag time. So cars, some cars have done a time. Yeah, but only three of them. Okay. Uh, because the red flag came out to just, just as a whole bunch of cars were coming up toward... The, the, the flag there but only three have actually got a lap time so yeah there's an out lap and an in lap yeah yes. quite uh, which so is a no flying lap that, for and, that, and that's why we've, we've got less than six, six minutes remaining in this session and you know to, to come out there they're only going to get a couple of flying laps here so we've got to hope now it stays green yeah. so that they do indeed get those yeah. uh, two probably flying laps uh, and get a representative lap time out of it last session of the day in the Beautiful evening sunshine. 86 Fahrenheit on the track is 30 Celsius. 23 in the air has been fairly solid all day, to be honest. Even when we had the cloud cover. So a much better evening for you here on the grounds. Get the barbecues lit. Make sure that you're ready for your Saturday night party. And the last five minutes of track action today. It's warm-up for WeatherTech in the morning. Then our Michelin countdown agreed. And the whole race live for you on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Outside the US, unfettered access to uninterrupted and flag-to-flag coverage. If you're in the US, it's our NBC Sports colleagues. I believe it's uh, USA this weekend is the network. If you're in the US, so much sport going on. And we'll have coverage as well. If you're out and about tomorrow uh, in the early hours, it's Sirius XM 207 for our WeatherTech coverage. Straight after the WeatherTech race, we'll do a quick mission and post-race tech. Jeremy and Brian will have the Lamborghini race, and then it will be IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge to finish the IMSA Sports Car Weekend. Yeah. What weekend it's been. Full day tomorrow. It's going to be fun tomorrow. Yeah, I look forward to it. Should be some exciting races, I think, and... uh, weather forecast is looking a lot better than it was so that's promising i think everybody's going to get two laps now in this yes uh, great s- session here john i always great. like to think um we look at weather forecast and we can get tied up with looking at the you know start on wednesday say oh it looks awful on friday it's going to be terrible on saturday and biblical on sunday I like to get up on Sunday morning and open the curtains and see what it's like yes. before I decide on what it's going to be. Yeah, but boys, it just... Oh, this has been a glorious right day to take. Perfect. 
little bit of high cloud early on, which was very it was pleasant. Overca- it was fully overcast, wasn't it, yeah. really, most of the day or half the day? Probably least. kept the temperature down to reasonable yeah. levels. Talking to a few of the IMSA officials who were outside all day and our camera operators as well. Thank you to them. Long day for them today and tomorrow. Also our colleagues up at NASCAR Productions. And it's been Curry once again on duty today for us for the full day in our main control room in London. A very scary moment there for the Porsche. The dark grey Porsche. RS1, uh, sorry, Carbon with Peregrine. Sean McAllister just dropped the left-hand side rear. Ah, no, it was RS1. I was right the first time. It was Eric Filgueras. Oh, he's, he's tracking those two TGM. Yeah. Aston Martin, maybe get a bit of a draft here up towards the start-finish line. Well, he got They're a big sideways moment through the kink. Pretty good laps. So, let's see as they start to improve. BGB Motorsports. Tom Collingwood still getting up to speed. Figueras goes to the top for RS1 in the Porsche. Is it going to be a Porsche type of day? 2.15.6. Ryan Yardley for Murillo in second. Oh, Trinkler in third. Adam Adelson for Nola Sport in third. Porsche, Mercedes, Aston Martin. No, make that Porsche, Ford Mustang, Mercedes, McLaren, Aston Martin. As Jensen Altman. Up in the second, I did say he'd been improving his qualifying. He's only a tenth away from Paul. He's on the front row at the moment. Ryan Yardley stepping into Murillo Racing at short notice. Goes up into third position. Make that now fourth. Robert McGuinness, Jeremy's choice for Paul in Turner Motorsport, goes to the top by half a second. He does a good lap uh, there for the new, young New Yorker. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the first flying lap, of course. Uh, so, uh, you know, for an opening gambit, that's pretty darn good. His next lap, though, is going to be the crucial one. Patrick Gallagher dropped into fifth. That was Shea's pick for accelerating performance. And Patrick Gallagher will be the last car to cross the line to the checkered flag, which will come out in 25 seconds' time. So that is the car we're waiting for. As everybody, I predict that unless they get in, other, in each other's way here, that everybody in that top probably 10 or 12 will, ins- will improve their times oh, next time around. I think everybody will improve their times next time around, absolutely. And uh, there's a lot of... Actually, there's a few that, that aren't personal best in this first sector. Robert McGuinness has gone uh, personal best in sector one. Uh, which is actually not quite as quick as Eric Filgueras or Jensen Altsman, in actual fact. I think he had a bit of traffic. Yeah, well, I he, think he had two one... GM cars, isn't he? Who? Uh, uh, the, uh, the, the 95, McGuinness. I think he had to go by uh, one of the other cars. Uh, let me just see on the tracker if I can work out who that was. Yes, uh, the chequered flag is out. Yeah, he had to pass the Ave Motorsports Toyota on that lap. McGuinness, that is, I'm talking about. Here they come. Let's see the changes at the top of the times. Filgueras does not improve. He's in second position at the moment. Jensen Altman still to come to the line. Ryan Yardley goes up to fourth. Sean McAllister to sixth. Rory Vandister seventh. Kenny Murillo eighth. Hugh Plum ninth as they go through for their teams. Alice Filzinger in ninth position now. Just displaces... Hugh Plum, Nola Sport in the pit lane. Frank Depew goes through. 
didn't really get up to speed. Jensen Altsman's come to the pits. So he's dropped down to third. And there's McGinnis. He has improved. 2.14.9.20. But it's not all over. Wait for the 96 Turner car to go through. That's Finn Barletta. And the one we're still waiting for is the 44 of Patrick Gallagher for accelerating performance in the Aston. There he goes across the line now. And he does improve his time but can't improve from fifth position. So it will be... BMW, Turner Motorsport and Robert McGuinness on pole from Eric Filgueras in second. Three quarters of a second, Jeremy, that gap in the end. Clearly, Robert did a better job of switching the tyres on after that red flag period. Yeah, I mean, he was quick in the in the sessions earlier on today, uh, as uh, was uh, quickest in the second session of, of anybody. It wasn't the fastest time of the day, that was Robin Nadell earlier on, but he, he laid down that marker in that second practice session earlier on this afternoon, and he translated that into an excellent pole position. His first in uh, in in tin tops as opposed to open wheel cars uh, and uh, 214.92 that is of course a new track record it's more than a second inside the old lap record and Robert McGuinness there has done a really really nice job for Turner Motorsport he's been fast in all of the races this season just 23 years of age from New York City and he's still on probation of course isn't he after that incident at, uh, at Detroit Good point. Um, but uh, I think this is, he's got one more race to go because he also did the TCR race at Lime Rock uh, last yes, time did. out. Just, yes, for, just for a bit of fun, uh, which, which unfortunately I don't think he actually drove the car in a race because um, I think the car was out before he got a chance to get in it. But that should count, I think, even then towards his, his four races that he had to serve probation for. Waiting for that car to come back towards the pit lane. Just... Uh, Heading into Canada Corner now. What a super Saturday we have had. And what a run to the line there. Uh, a slightly unconventional end to the qualifying session with the drivers perhaps not extricating all the performance from their Michelin tyres no. uh, in that session. I don't think they had an opportunity to. I think another lap or so was really what they needed to get to extract the maximum potential from those cars. But uh, it, McGinnis certainly did that with his turn of BMW. And uh, that's the... The second pole for that car this season. And um, I think that's the f yeah, he's the first driver, I think, to get two pole positions in GS this season. His teammate did it on the streets of Detroit. Uh, and Robert McGuinness uh, has uh, qualified the car. A couple of times before, he was fifth on the grid at, uh, at Watkins Glen. Uh, but the other two times he qualified it weren't, were, were nothing special. So that's a real feather in his cap for Robert McGuinness. His first pole position in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Heads to the pit lane now and will be released to go down towards uh, Shea Adam. We'll hear from our pole sitter before we wind things up. Shea Adam has the car in sight. Are, are we allowed... To have tacos just for a pole position, or does, is that reserved? <laughs> uh, we do have we do have a taco truck on site now, of course. Oh gosh, that's a very good point. I mean, I don't really feel like walking all the way out to the carousel and uh, checking out the taco truck at the beach over there, but I definitely do have reservations tonight at a Mexican restaurant. So I'm kind of wondering if Turner knew that, and uh, it does say Turner on the side of the 95 BMW this time. It said tacos at uh, Lime Rock Park for the GTD car. <laughs> Rob's getting out of the car and said, I'm on pole. 
And uh, Cameron Lawrence said, yeah, buddy, he knows how to do this because Cameron put the car on pole at Detroit. So second pole of the year for this car. Go ahead and take your helmet off, Rob. We'll, uh, we'll give you the moment of composing yourself. It's always a good feeling when you get your first pole position in any series. Uh, I'll start with Cameron since you're taking a sec. You know what this is like. How great is this feeling to get pole in the GS class? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's super competitive. I love this series. There's a lot of good drivers, but, you know, the car's been really good all weekend, and Robert's been super comfortable. You know, we're, I don't know how many people got to test here, but we didn't. So we kind of came in not knowing and just hearing all the rumors about the track and everything. But, but, yeah, Robert's been flying all weekend. You know, we've been comfortable in the car. So, I mean, I think it just shows now everything's kind of clicking and gelling together. And, uh, yeah, the guy's doing awesome. Glad to see it for you both. Uh, Rob, for you, first poll. This is a very BMW-friendly track. Were you feeling that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've started this event, and we were fast from the get-go in practice one. We've barely touched this car, like, turn to motorsport. Like, they gave us such a great platform to start with, and we've just been tweaking from there. So um, I'm super excited for the race tomorrow. You know, there's not a better place to start. Um, and to get my first IMSA poll, and it's awesome. Awesome. I'm loving it. Finished second in the GTD race here last year, so it's a very good track for you to begin with. But this day has been so condensed, two practices and a qualifying. You feel like you need a minute to decompress and breathe it all in? Yeah, I'm a little tired. Um, we, uh, you know, we had to get here pretty early in the morning to get everything set up. And I know the team's even more tired. They've been here for longer than I have and working harder than I am. So, um, yeah, it's been a long day. I need, I'm going to sleep all the way to the start of the race tomorrow. Are there tacos tonight? I have to know. I don't know. Like... I don't know how healthy tacos can get, you know? Tacos are great fuel, though. So maybe tacos tomorrow morning, okay. breakfast tacos. Maybe taquitos tonight? Sure. Okay. Sure. <laughs> See you today. Congrats on your first poll. Thank you. See, he's hit something there. Breakfast tacos. Now you're talking. Shay, thanks very much indeed. Have you enjoyed yourself today? Very, very much so, John. And I don't see how tomorrow's going to top it, but I'm willing to try. Yeah, I, 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 with, what, three races tomorrow, uh, we have got a fantastic schedule. Race day, Sunday, with WeatherTech kicking things off. Uh, uh, we have the warm-up, of course, in the morning as well, before the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship race. Uh, and then Lamborghinis. And then, of course, finishing off with Michelin Pilot Challenge and Turner Motorsport will lead the cars to the green flag tomorrow afternoon. Thank you to everyone involved in the broadcast, both here at the track. My colleagues, Shay, Jeremy, uh, thanks to Eric and his team, just off to our right, as ever, keeping us, uh, keeping us honest and giving us plenty of information and all the technical side of things as well, which are the real unsung heroes. All we've got to do is stand and get excited about motorcars, which is not really a stretch, let's be honest. Have a great Saturday evening. Join us tomorrow. Drive safely if you are leaving us. We'd like to see you tomorrow for Sunday as we round off the IMSA Sports Car Weekend at America's National Park of Speed. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.